podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Marketers Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and tonight I'm joined by JP Mason, Russell Boyce and Kevin Graham to have a look back on the match day against St Mirren. Kevin Graham, second away win, 4 nothing. What was your thoughts, second half a lot better than the first? Well I called it at half time and I'm not afraid to say that I says the subs would change the game and St Mirren would tire and that was exactly the case. Um, Neil Lennon got it right, bringing on Ryan Christie. I need to say that he got it right there. Christie done well for the for the well for for his goal and setting up the other goal as well. Uh, it was nice to see Greg Taylor bursting into the box for once, first time that he really done it and, mm. and getting and getting the penalty kick. The only bad thing is the injury to Welsh, just to see how 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 bad that is. But overall, we can be quite pleased with the night. There was a lot of positives. We controlled the game, basically. We really did control the game. And maybe 4 nothing does really flatter the amount of chances we did create. Though how Eddie missed that one when the ball was cut back and he managed to hit the goalkeeper with it, I'll, I'll never know. Uh, but we've got, got to be happy. Uh, I think we've got to find out who the barber is in the Celtic camp because there's too many of them having these skin fades that Denny looks six weeks old. So hopefully Nicola Sturgeon's not watching that. Denny Stark, Kev. Somebody put in the comments that they get a barber uh, out to the, the hotel. So it's, it's all seemingly... Kosher. Cool. Oh, kosher. Well. I thought Gordon Marshall was back. I thought the Gordon Marshall was back cutting folks' hair. 
Kevin, I mean, I didn't expect you to be throwing a wee grenade in the works here. It's been bad enough losing Welsh, uh, I hope. And I got a text from JP during that second half, and it really did seem to just sum up our season. Eh? Whenever we thought we were getting it back on track, and the man who starts to impress us, you know, we Zanka looked terrible, actually, when you've seen it in slow motion, uh, stretched off. That was the last thing we wanted to see. But to be fair, and as I say to you, JP, you know, it was only one nothing when Duffy came on. <laughs> aye, aye. Well, Les uh, said about his near, uh, you know, gift for a goal near the end. I can't, I can't believe that he did that, but I mean, well, I can. Uh, but the, the the thing with Welsh, um, I, I went over my ankle like that at fives once, and it ballooned up and bruised for weeks. You know, and that yep. was without any contact. So I was just me just going over the ball, and then my my ankle just went like that on the on the on the turf. And I remember how painful it was. And I remember, you know, how long it took me. I was off work for two weeks, I think, mm. at that. And I, my manager was like, what are you doing still playing five or sides? And I was like 26 at the time or something like that. I was like, do you honestly expect me to stop playing fives at 26 years old? He was like, you're too old for that. And I was like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, I really, really genuinely hope he's all right because I, 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 I was really enjoying watching him and, I just I feel for him because you know this this was his run you know this was his chance for a run and now please God no no Beaton and Duffy centre half you know like that mm. I can't have how, how, how many black cats have we run across this season how much bad luck can you actually get in one season mm. it's just somebody somebody signed a, a deal with the devil somewhere somebody's cursed us the tens cursed. You're calling me paranoid, you know, at half time there, Kev. I'm, I'm, um, I'm into witch doctors and all of that. I reckon somebody's signed a deal with the devil and blood. Uh, Kevin, moving on to Russell. Um, I was saying, I was saying uh, the last time you were on on Monday, actually, that you know when we look back on this season, yes, as Kevin says, almost everything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong this season. But January will be the month. That will be the pivotal month. You look at the run of results in January. One win, 12 points dropped. Y- you know, and yes, a game against Rangers around about the new year, that could have gone either way. But you would expect to beat Hibs and Livingston at home, Livingston away, St Mirren at home. We dropped 12 points in these fixtures. How pivotal is that going to be? That's going to come back and haunt us, Russell. 100%. I mean, I really do think as well, it's going to, it's almost as an inevitability about this car crash of a season that the points gap is going to be you know exactly the number of points we dropped in January will be the difference between uh, the two clubs come the end of the season that would be really infuriating because there was an opportunity then and it'll only be proven even more so now that there was an opportunity then to make that change um, and it also goes as much as Dubai and we discussed it at length and all that but it looks all the more ridiculous now that on the back of it never actually improved performance in the slightest. In fact, they came back um, with absolutely worse form than what even I think Rangers ever have coming back for Dubai. Do you know what I mean? So it was it was that poor, and I, and I think that 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 the January month to me there was enough there on, on the fact that Lennon took full responsibility for that trip, and he did. He, he says even Lawwell shouldn't have apologised. He, he it should have been him, and then obviously he didn't apologise at all. Uh, I think that January. Movement, whole that whole episode is enough for him to not be in, in position next month, eh, next season. Sorry, um, and then, again, just to, just to quickly finish that up, I just think as well the encouraging signs that we're seeing tonight as well. I think they were always there. These players have always had this in the locker. 
Mm-hmm. How is it taken to February, mid-February, with not a real title challenge even in the, in the cards anymore and um, for us to be expressing ourselves and playing like that now? How is it taking that long? That's not good enough. It's, it really is frustrating. Um, Kevin? I'll tell you why, Russell, because we're decent players, badly coached. That's why yeah, the, players to, uh, the players need to... We're a, we're a loving individuals on that part. We're not a team. And yeah. tonight, tonight our better players won. And that was the whole hope. That is, that is Lenny Ball. Hope that your better players won. Lenny Ball. Lenny Ball. Kaplan uh, um, Mark comes in to say, solid performance. Turnbull is without doubt who we rebuild around. Having had quite a, a quiet first half, JP, he seemed to, you know, he rid himself with the shackles. He was being man-marked and uh, he did have a, a very good second half. Brilliant to see him on the score sheet, making that run in behind the defence. Brilliant uh, to see Turnbull develop in the way that he has been. And um, unless you can tell me differently, he finished the 90 minutes. Yeah. Uh, no. Did he not did go up? He did he get off? Oh, dear me. <laughs> give the boy, give the boy 90 minutes. Give him 90 minutes. I mean, I'm, I'm not too hung up about whether or not he plays 90 minutes or not. As long as whatever minutes he does get, you know, he does the business in. And he did again tonight. And the whole team, you know, I think there was some comments at half time that I, I, I scrolled through. I'm not sure if it was uh, Facebook, Twitter or YouTube. Um, but it was, you know, they were having a go at us for being negative at half time. We had, we don't, we had one shot at goal. The only shot at goal in the entire game at half time was us, and it was a goal. Now, fair enough, it was we were winning one 0 and yes, you know, we should be happy at that. But you know, we weren't exactly peppering their goal with uh, shots. So. See what, see what I've learned though, JP, in this season in particular is that because a few people have said that it becomes gospel. So it's okay to say Axel or be negative when even you're not being negative. I think that's a nonsense. I actually think it's a nonsense, and I would challenge that. There was no negativity at half time what you're doing is you're analysing the first half performance now I'm not going to be waxing lyrical because virtually nothing happened in the first half we control possession you know so I've got to that stage where you don't take that kind of criticism I just think people are starting to roll out the same old cliches when it comes to oh you're being too negative and uh, to the point where sometimes you go on to on Twitter and you know it it just becomes tired if you're going to look at a game from uh, a critical eye obviously you're going to pick out what's bad as well as what's good and there was plenty to to talk about but again no I I, I wouldn't take that to be honest with you JP Aero 250 with one convincingly pinch me Turnbull is so effective Duffy defending is poor as usual sometimes it's just the basics from Duffy am I allowed to say that or is that being too negative Um, Kevin we've already lost Julien Uh, JP spoke about that as being a moment of the season and I think he was right because we did show a bit of uh, form in December hopefully we've not lost Welsh Um, if we do who do we go for until the end of the season do we play Duffy do we play um, with Beaton in there I find that neg- neg- negativity thing a bit difficult to handle. I mean, the first half, you can't polish a turd, can you? The first half was dreadful. And we went in one nothing up. So, I mean, you have to call it as you see it. I mean, mm-hmm. that, second, that second half, that whole game, that's why you love football when you see big uh, Tom Rogic doing what he was doing with his feet and taking guys out, creating stuff. That's why we love football. That's why we're quite happy tonight because we... We played quite well and scored some goals, but didn't didn't get me. Didn't he say we were negative at half time because the first half was terrible. 
as, no, JP, but, but, right, as, as JP rightly says, it, but there was one shot on target the whole game, the whole of the first half, and it was the one that we scored for. So, the same, the same commenter who would uh, complain if you were too positive about beating them four nothing at this stage of the season. So it just washes right over my my head now. To be fair, Michael McKernan, PJ said that's me. Said before the game, what if one of the right backs get injured? What now? And that's what I'm asking you, Kev. What do we do now? Because I'm not convinced with, with Duffy. He's, he's shown me nothing that would uh, convince me otherwise. Do you go with, with Beaton? Um, I mean, I, I've even looked at I always felt that we didn't play going back a wee bit uh, further back. We never ever played Lustig enough at centre-half when you actually consider that he played there for Sweden a fair bit. I don't think we utilised Elhamid enough at centre-half. Is there anybody else who could fit that position? Because I don't think Duffy's the answer between now and the end of the season. I would rather have Duffy over beat on, and I can't believe I've just said that, but we're going to say it. Um, I think Duffy's got something to prove. Um, look, we, we, need, we, we need to pray to the God of own archdeacon that nobody else does get injured. Or either that we are back, either that we have, we've, got, we've got to get Anthony Ralston at right back and uh, or at centre half or somebody else there. So I reckon, I reckon he'll go with Duffy. I do think he'll go with Duffy. He's always got that mistake, just waiting uh, in the wings, you know, if you're if you're up against, and I know we've got another two games against Rangers, and these are the ones that concern me slightly. Um, now, if you want to look at positivity, there we go. We are closer to the 10 than we were this morning. Yes, we are now 18 points behind, 20 goals, because he was a different player entirely. I just think he had uh, more, more space, and probably, as Kev said, that the St Mirren players tired a bit, and therefore they weren't getting as tight to him as they were in the first half. Um, and you know, you just well, you saw his pass for the penalty. You know, just wee things like that. You know, that's that's the difference with with somebody like him, where he just he sees that that sort of wee pocket of space and just pokes the ball through. And you know, it, it maybe was a bit of a soft penalty, but you know, Taylor had made the run. You'd be screaming for it. You know, they would have been screaming for it if it had happened to them. And I saw the the reason that the boy got booked. The commentator said. I was watching on, on Sky. Uh, somebody, you know, complained that I'd mentioned Andy Walker. I was watching it on Sky. Sorry. I don't have Celtic TV. I've got my season ticket thing, but I don't know how people can watch Celtic TV. Is there a thing that you can watch Celtic TV and not Sky? I've missed that. Uh, <clears throat> there isn't a dodgy telly book, Sky. Si. Oh, right, OK. <laughs> OK. <clears throat> well, we'll, we'll not mention that then. But, um, <laughs> but I, uh, the boy was like, going like that as if to say give Taylor a yellow card and that's what he got booked for I think because he got booked and so did the other boy get booked as well but I think he'd, Good uh, Good he's, he's dived he, and he's dived and then the referee went no 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 it was a penalty you're getting a yellow card for saying that so uh, you know, it was good finish from Eddie and that's what I mean is Eddie five. Five, five, five? five in a row five in a row um, I think this is maybe PJ rather than JP. I know it can get a bit uh, confusing. Why don't you watch the game? I do watch the game, but I've been in since 8 o'clock this morning. So I might have just went away for some water uh, for the, what's in here because obviously it's not uh, alcohol. I thought I was not watching on... I, was watch, I watched the game on Sky Sports. I didn't watch it on Celtic TV. So I did watch the game. I'm not well, here. Even post-match analysis of a game I didn't watch. I know. Game. I've I've not noted down that Turnbull was taken off, but you know what, Kevin was watching it on Celtic TV, and uh, we were all sitting waiting on him. That's why he was late. 
because he was watching it on a stream that was different from the Sky Sports one that I was watching on. Um, Archduke 199, let's bring this in. Radiohead are depressing. That sketch on Father Ted was on the money. Hail, hail, come on. Depressing? Radiohead? Uplifting. See, see Uplifting, com- I would say. See the, see the comment you put up, Paul, which says that we're being negative because I started talking about haircuts. The, the, the comment that you put up a couple of minutes ago. Come yes. on, we're 21 points behind Rangers. What else we got to talk about? It's no as if it matters, eh? No as if it makes any difference. So Kev, we're, we're, we're 18 so, points. We're 18 points. Um, just 18? throw it. Oh, we're 18 points now, yes. Let's, let's talk about Christie. At the very beginning of the game, we were chatting around uh, Tom Rogic and his contribution to a 90 minutes. Um, I thought Rogic played pretty well tonight. But Christie comes on. And he, for me, he made an impression. Now, I know that he does divide opinion amongst the Celtic support, even amongst the Axom contributors. I call him what's not a big fan. It seems as though he's another one of these players, um, Russell, that might be away in the summer. You know, with all the changes and potentially a change of management coming in, is Christy not the type of player that you want to rebuild around? And, and I know that Turnbull's an obvious one, but you've got Sorrow there. I th- still think Christy can be an influential part of this team. I definitely agree. I think he could be an influential player, but I don't really want players that don't want to be at Celtic. And I've got, and my instinct tells me he wants to leave. And I'm convinced that he doesn't. He want. He want out at the end of the season. And based on that, nothing, of course. It's just my own intuition is telling me I don't think he wants to be. But when you look at, you're talking about building uh, teams around players. I feel that David Tumble's the guy that has to be. That has to be that guy. And I actually thought the intelligence of Tom Rogers really came out tonight. And I thought that Tom Rogic was influential in David Turnbull having such a good second half because he gave St Mirren such a focal, like such a focus of their attention. That's how Turnbull ended up getting more space. I also have to give kudos to Turnbull in the sense that I think he's, I think he just sussed his teams out eventually. I honestly think he's that good. Mm. I think he went in at half time and yeah, it was maybe a quieter performance. He comes back out in the second half. He's worked it out. He sussed teams. He's clever. Even his tackles are passes. Um, and then with Christie, it's not always pleasing on the eye. I mean, you were hoping and praying he didn't take the free kick because you knew it was going to go Rose Edder into the wall. Naturally, it did. But again, what did he get an assist and a, and a goal? He was only on the park for 25, 30 minutes. It's not a bad return, is it? He's effective, but he's not He's not going to be the focal point of the team's ball around next year, not when David Tumble's there. No, you're right. Bruce FM. You're commenting on YouTube. Oh, thanks for joining us. Axom is always balanced and considered. It's important to call things out. I agree with that. And Gary Miller, it's an unfortunate side effect that the more popular your forum becomes, the more you'll all get bad mouth. And I've got to say this again, um, and again, I'm not uh, blarting it, but we did have 1.2 million viewers over the last 30 days, so it very much is a minority that gives people abuse, although it doesn't make it any more acceptable. Um, I've got to be honest with you, it's something that I've kind of got used to, to be honest. I think um, it just goes over my head, um, but it is unacceptable and it definitely does need to be called out. And here's a wee bit of positivity from Red Scotland. I have jelly and ice cream. Um, that's normally what Kevin does after a midweek game. Um, Kevin, see when we're looking at uh, away form and the fact that you know we've had some really disappointing performances at home this season, and again January was a bad month at home, and we can go to a grounds like Rugby Park, which historically has been very difficult, and even you know, 
know, St Mirren Park has been difficult, and we're getting four nothing wins, and that that's a, the same team that kind of bossed us the other week. We did have we had no response to the very um, organised unit that Jimmy Goodwin has there. Uh, we can't blame it on the fans, you know, having the shackles and not having the fans behind you, etc. So, what do you think it is about this Celtic side that has shown in flashes this season their capabilities? I think it's just the fact that we've got a decent squad and sometimes they click and other times they don't and they haven't got that they haven't got that mentality this season. Something's went up this season where when in adversity they've been managed to overcome it. I, I think there's been too many splits. You have to have a look in the, the rumours that there's been maybe too many splits in the camps. Uh, but we have got the players there. But we've got a massive rebuilding job going in the summer. When you look at Christie, he wants to go down to England. Mm. Uh, he wants to, he wants to test himself down there. Ayer's going to be going to be gone. Eddie's going to be gone. So whoever's going to come in next season's got a massive rebuilding job. Possibly with very little funds either. Uh, there's going to be a lot of healing and dealing, I reckon. So Celtic need to be smart, and the biggest transfer of the summer has to be the manager. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Rather, mm. rather than players, I do think there's a basis, a decent squad there. I mean, you look, you look at tonight, you see if he didn't do much in the box, but his hold-up play is okay. He's quite comfortable on the ball, but I just want to see him more in the box. But the way that we play doesn't suit him. The way that we play, we don't see him in the box because he's always playing ways back to goal. And that's just the way because we try to do everything through the middle. We've got no width. Maybe better coaching would get the best out, best out of IAA as well. Look, these results, these nights are the reason that the board are sitting on their hands because they know nine out of ten times our squad, our players will get us through, will get us results, will get us set in place. So that's why there, that's why there's no change, just because we've got a half-decent squad. Uh, another wee bit of positivity, and yes, Stephen, you were right. What about the bit with Eddie and the quick feet... Amazing. Some of the, Kevin, we can still hear you, pal. Some of the um, Eduard moments, JP, in that second half were sublime. Yeah, they were pretty tasty. You mean the one where he put his foot on the ball? And he just turns, he, he turns round, he has a look around the whole stadium and then knocks it away. Brilliant. Yeah, no, that was pretty fun. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't want to do that because I know who that is referring to, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I liked him when he played for Man United, not for them. Um, but uh, I, I, I thought Eddie was good tonight. He looked lively and uh, I was pleased for him getting another goal because that's him now. I think he's top goal scorer, isn't he? He must be. Yeah. yeah was like, he up to 17? Aye, but I mean, like, a clear out in front, like, not just Celtic top goal scorer, maybe top goal scorer in the league. Um, so uh, that's good for, for him on a, on a personal note. Uh, somebody said in the comments, I thought we were doing the post-match analysis in the Man City game. I don't know what that means, but it reminded me of something I was going to say. Did you see in the game the other day where it was a, they were lining up their wall and one of their players laid down 
right, like laid along the bo- like yeah. behind the wall, basically. I've never seen that happen before. Um, it's, it's basically if the wall jumps and somebody hits a shot low, then there's somebody laid down on the on the on the pitch to let the ball hit off them. It's like a new uh-huh. that's sort of crept in. Gary Neville was just like, ah, it's, it's a lot of nonsense, you know. <laughs> he, he just sort of absolutely rubbished it. It's been ridiculous, um, like telling the guy to get off the ground. But I, I, I just thought I'd mention that. I, I was waiting and maybe St Mirren copying it when we were lining up a free kick. But they, they no, absolutely. And uh, K&M, great picture of uh, Eric Cantona and your avatar there. We've got the Benz this season. But yeah. anyone who watched the first half will know exactly where you're coming from. Kevin, have you joined us? Have you rejoined us? You were going a little bit fuzzy there for a moment or two. I'm 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 disappearing. You're back. Um, so looking ahead then, looking ahead to the, this weekend, uh, we're up hey, against... I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> yes, you I'm are. Back, yes, you are. Uh, looking I'm ahead to... He's having a wee parted for one. Looking ahead to this weekend, Kevin, uh, we're up against St Johnston. Uh, in terms of the consistency, it looks as though there might be a forced change. I didn't quite catch Lenny's interview post-match, so please let me know um, if he gave us an update on Welsh. Are we stringing a, a run of results together here? Are we going to show? Are we going to save a little bit of face, as uh, Russell says? Maybe cut the the gap down even to single figures would be nice, wouldn't it? Let's aim biggie. Let's go. Let's go to the. Let's end the season unbeaten. Let's no lose a game for new to the end of the season. Let's go for it. So starting with St Johnson, starting with St Johnson again on on Sunday. We take it one game at the time. Hopefully another four nothing victory. It's a, it's a tough place to go, but tonight was a tough place to go as well. Eh? So hopefully mm-hmm. we've turned a wee bit of a corner and we can boost on for now, for now to the end of the season. Go unbeaten. We've spoken a wee bit about uh, the transfers and how that's going to work. We, we spoke uh, earlier about loan deals and how as much as we don't like them because it doesn't give you the long-term plan, it, we might have to rely on them. We might even have to rely on bringing some of our loanies back and utilising some of these players. I'm thinking more of the younger guys like uh, O'Connor and, and possibly Robertson. I don't know if, if guys like Shved and Hendry and Bio are ever going to make an impact at Celtic Park. But one thing that I find interesting, David Stocker, Welcome to the show, David. Uh, I'd keep John Joe next season on loan again. You know, it's a good point because when we had El Yunusi in, I'm pretty sure first time round there was no option to buy at that stage. But we obviously n- n- renegotiated another deal uh, and got him in for a second season. Um, for me, I don't think he's been outstanding, JP, but he's shown enough that uh, if I was given the option, especially when you look at a right-back situation, I would keep someone like John Joe Kenny uh, on a longer-term loan deal. Yeah, he wasn't by any means, you know, a a standout tonight. Uh, His his position wasn't really brought into play a lot tonight. It was more about, you know, Turnbull and Rogic and then Latherly Christie. Um, Kenny, you know, didn't really see a lot of the ball, uh, certainly not going forward anyway, but... I think you know as as he gets more games under his belt for us. I think he I think you know he seems he seems like the type of player that we we should be certainly looking to try and keep a hold of. I don't know 
what had he done at Everton? Had he done a, had he played a lot at Everton or like a handful of games? He hadn't played recently because I remember uh, Neil Lennon being asked if he was match fit, and he said that he had been on the bench uh, recently. So he hadn't played recently for Everton, but of course he had his uh, spell uh, elsewhere, and he played a lot of games uh, when he went out on loan. So um, I think you know there's always that period as well, JP, in Scottish football for people to try and, and get up to the pace of it because we know yeah. it's a wee bit more chaotic than even the English game uh, going by a lot of the comments by players coming up from that from that league but you know in terms of, of a right back I've already mentioned this you go right back to Lustig I don't think even Frimpong I don't think was um, an out and out right back I, I don't think we've replaced uh, Lustig effectively yeah. No I don't think we have either and I, <clears throat> you know I like the fact that he's you know uh, a scouser, you know, he, he knows he knows the sort of the English game. You'll know the Scottish game from watching it. He's, you know, his English is obviously, you know, he speaks English, um, so he's not got that kind of uh, battle against them. You know, maybe in the same way Laxalt has, because Laxalt's English, I don't think is 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 great. Mm. Um, so I mean, I'm not being anti, you know, people that can't speak English, but I just think for people that are fitting into our side, they need to, you know, hit the ground running. Because they ultimately they do, um, I think he would be you know somebody that they could look at you know if we could I don't know what sort of money, I, who knows what sort of money he's on at Everton it could be ridiculous you know mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. The English the English league you know it's uh, you know even fringe players in the Premier League in England are probably on absolutely eye water in money so I, I, who knows. Um, I- Apologies to Kevin and Russell in advance, but this is a biggie. Uh, coming in from Facebook, when Ryan Christie was on loan and came back, he couldn't believe his luck. Uh, he was in that first team and his game went up three levels. Now with the last season, he's under the impression we need him and his head's been turned, not for me. Give me a full squad of turnbulls all day long, humble, hardworking, and there to do his part for the team. He pulls the shirt on. Long live Axom. Lovely wee bit of positivity. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's difficult to tap into the mentality. When, when Ryan Christie came in and it was all guns blazing and then he's levelled off and I get that. But another point I'm going to bring up and I find this quite interesting as well. What do you think of this? Mr. 1% King, and you're commenting on YouTube, we are playing with freedom now and no pressure. Now, Neil Lennon has spoken a few times this season, Kevin Graham, about the pressure that we've been under in relation to the 10 in a row. Do you subscribe to that? We're playing with a little bit more freedom now that we've almost um, mathematically lost the league. Uh, It's true, eh? I reckon Rangers have been playing with no pressure all this season because we've been nowhere near them either. So it works works both ways here. eh? Um, Our... If, if that is the case, and again, that's doing to the coaching staff. That's been poor coaching that they've they've no managed to take the pressure off off the players to allow them to play with that freedom all season. See another thing, and I think this is important to go back to the John Joe Kenny just to to dart back to that point, JP. Um, I do think it gives us more balance. You know, um, I think when you look at Frimpong, particularly when he came into the side, he was an exciting player. They had us on our feet. Um, he had that knack of taking out two guys without even thinking about it. I think a lot of the, the managers sussed them out eventually. Uh, but as a defender, I think John Joe Kenny gives us a, a much better balance at the back. I'm not saying he's an outstanding player. We've not seen that quite yet. But he certainly does give us that balance across the back. And that that's all important, particularly when you look at how topsy-turvy the defence has been this season. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think his height. Um, he's, he's, you know, he's he's got a bit a better build about him, and his height is is there for all to see. He looks look, looks strong, not afraid to put in a tackle. And um, in fact, I think if I look at my uh, how pro show is this, I've got notes. Uh, <laughs> uh, did so you that? did. So you did watch the game. Oh, I did watch the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I know. I've not got a note about him. A uh, Kenny tackle. I thought he maybe put in a tackle. No, t- Taylor put in a couple of good sort of last ditch tackles to uh, stop uh, crosses coming in. But but Kenny's capable of that as well. From what I've seen of him so far, he's he's you know he's not shy in putting in a tackle. So I like yeah. that. I like JP, forty third minute. Uh, according to my notes, there was a very important tackle made by John John Joe Kenny. There you go. Yeah, it was um, the first half. I've got it. Forty third minute. Kenny tackle. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but, I know. I, I, I do. I do think he's. He definitely. Uh, you know, as much as Frimpong had that kind of you know gallusness going forward, I do think a lot of the time Frimpong didn't know what he was going to do next, and you know that that might get ironed out over in Germany, and, and it might not. You know, I, I, I honestly don't. I, it'll go either way with him. He'll either go on to be somebody. I was speaking to somebody the other day who thinks uh, he'll go on to be like a twenty, thirty million pound player, and I was like, I'm not too sure about that. You know, mm-hmm. I would hang my hat on that. It, it could happen, but you know, the, it could very easily go the other way as well. When you just never hear from him again, you know. Um, I think this is a good point, Russell. Um, from Mamansis sixty seven, Actun Baby. That was another decent album, by the way. Spot on, by the way. That 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 comment is spot on. That's who yeah. I was over in my head. Adam Matthews is who. I Adam was. Matthews, similar style to his game. Where is he now? Charlton Athletic, I think. Um, I think sometimes that's all you need. We had the the type of player that Frimpong was, exciting, taking on players, uh, trying to get up the park, trying to create. Sometimes you just need a, a full back that can defend and do the basics. Yeah, and I think I think Lustig, I think towards the end of his Celtic career was probably undervalued when you look back. Now he he became I wouldn't say so much as a flipping boy because it was obviously still really um, successful seasons. But Lustig, I remember in particular, getting quite a lot of stick for perhaps he's you know not lacking in that in that sort of department, the attacking flair side of things. But you look how reliable, how much you could trust him. You're talking about. Um, Six, seven out of tens, uh, Kev was talking about earlier. I mean, Lustig was a guarantee for that every game. And I thought his temperament, uh, which is so underrated in football as well, he just had an amazing temperament for the game. He had a devilish side to him, as you always seen. Um, and I think we've lacked since Lustig that, that type of player. And Kenny, in fairness to him, very early days, of course. But he does look steady, both mentally as well as obviously, you know, he looks like an engine. And he, I think it was a good point, JP said, Physically, he's just a bit more. Obviously, he's bigger than Frimpong. Who's not? But he is. He does seem a bit, you know, more. I don't know, more of a presence about him as well. But also, I like the fact he seems very level-headed. And the fact he played in Germany for Schalke um, for like 30, 40 games last year as well means if you can adapt there, then that experience obviously helps you being able to adapt in Scotland as well. Um, but the fee that I seem banded about. It's ten million quid. So really, yeah, ten million. Wow. I know. So that part, I think Schalke were, were, were keen to get him uh, permanently. Yeah. It was ten million they were quoted. But again, like like Paul said, just to quickly finish, is players like El Yunus's value is only plummeted by coming to us on loan. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not advocating come to Celtic and you know will ruin your your valuation. But 
if he wants to sign another loan deal like the, the, the comment suggested, you know, maybe another year there, he's further out of the picture at Everton, maybe that £10 million becomes less because he's only been doing it in the SPFL as opposed to somewhere like the Bundesliga, do you know what I mean? One... Sorry, just, just on the Adam Matthews thing, I, I, the commentator made a point of saying that the last time we won so com- comprehensively at St Mirren was 4-0 and it was in 2014, and I'd already looked it up to find out that stat so I could have it for for this purpose. But the last time we won 4-0 was January 2014 under Neil Lennon, and Adam Matthews was right back. So there you go. And team yeah, like Forster Matthews, Ambrose Van Dyke, Izagiri, Forrest Ledley, Stokes, Common, Mulgrew. What I liked about Matthews was the fact he could play right and left back. He was very adaptable that way. And uh, he was on a free transfer a couple of seasons ago, in actual fact, uh, when we were looking for a right back. But I don't know if he got anybody too excited. I always remember he scored against Arbroath, didn't he? Remember that in the Cup? Scored against Arbroath? Yeah. I remember that. A peachy yeah. goal. Absolutely yeah. crackery goal. It was 1-0. We beat Arbroath 1-0. 1-0. Yep. I was at Arbroath that night. So again, a convincing result. This I've ever been at a football game apart from the new camp. Is it? <laughs> Ming, Mings was Real Mallorca in the nineteen nineties. That was cold. It was on the side of a mountain, very cold. And St- Stenhouse Muir against Alba was pretty cold as well. Uh, uh, Oakview, is that right? The Warriors. <laughs> now, uh, one mm-hmm. final thing. I've already asked Kevin Graham about his prediction for this weekend. JP, what are you thinking this weekend? Can we extend this running, uh, this winning run? It depends on. Uh, Kev made a good point uh, not that long ago when he said about you know uh, our like Lenny Ball and the whole the whole sort of uh, premise of Lenny Ball is like hoping that our players turn up on the night. Mm. And that's that's kind of it, you know. Like why why were we not able to do what we did today? against St Mirren at Celtic Park how is that team you know everyone was going on about like oh St Mirren are so well coached you know like everybody knew their job and blah 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 it's like tonight we got the first goal which was a key thing fair enough they're one of their strikers got injured uh, looked like he did his shoulder and obviously obviously wasn't going to do the Nell Gibson and Lethal Weapon thing and bang it back into place in the dressing room Um, but uh, you know I hope he's alright by the way I'm not I'm not (laughs) And pouring scorn on his injury, uh, but you know, like they're, they, they, that may have affected their game plan a little bit by having to bring on somebody. But why did we not? Be, why were we not able to do that? I mean, we've just pumped them four 0 and we got beat at home off them two one mm-hmm. eleven days ago. That's mental. Like that doesn't make any sense at all in the footballing sphere of things. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just like it doesn't make any sense. So we go to St Johnston. Uh, you know, we start with our tails up. You know, the players feel good about themselves. We score a goal. You know, who's to say we don't go ahead and do the same thing as we did tonight to St Johnston? I, I would I would fully expect us to do that. But it's just about what, is it going to be Jekyll or Hyde that turns up at the weekend? Because, you know, we don't know. I do hope that he goes for a wee bit of consistency, Russell. I mean, yet it wasn't his best game tonight, but he needs games. He needs game time, doesn't he? And I think that yeah. he needs to stick with that. If Welsh is fit, which we hope he is, we need to stick with the consistency at the back as well. What's your thoughts about this weekend's game? Yeah, um, just on the Ayeti thing as well. I mean, playing with Edward, I mean, it's, you know, you were touched on how much of an improvement we're seeing in, in Edward of late. Um, you know, maybe I get he is playing a big part in that, you know, whilst maybe not being spectacular himself, 
Um, Edward certainly looks a far freer spirit of late, and he's playing, you know, playing right with a bit of swagger about him again, which I've really enjoyed. As for the weekend, we just need to keep doing what we're doing. I would certainly think, on the back of what I, I watched tonight, I think Rogic and Turnbull both have to play. I think they complement each other really well. I think they are two bold players to have in your midfield because we know neither of them are going to be tracking back much. But when you've got Callum McGregor and either a Brown or Sorrow, who love doing the, the, the dirty side of the game, and Callum McGregor's such a such an engine and somebody really does give you 110%. I think in, domestically, we should be looking to play our more luxury players at times, you know, and, and express ourselves and play play proper football, you know, and I, and I think Rogic and Turnbull tonight, I, I, as long as they play again at the weekend, I actually think we will rack up another one. Well, let's Go hope on. so. We'll be covering yeah. We'll be covering the game as we always do. We'll be back tomorrow at twelve thirty. Thanks everybody for getting involved on the social media side of things. If you haven't already subscribed on YouTube, please do so. All that's left for me to say is thank you, Russell, uh, Kevin Graham, and also GP Mason for joining me once again on a Celtic State of Mind. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.